Welcome to another inspiring message by Pastor Roy Evans with North Star Church. This is the month of February, and as I said, it's a great month for expressions of love. If you've ever prayed for your pastor, I ask you to pray for me this morning. Because, see, right now it would be very easy to teach or preach a message of encouragement and we all love that we all love to hear words of encouragement there's not a one of us including myself that doesn't love to be encouraged but I have to tell you with the things that I see going on in our world today and and as I've been digging into the the word I've asked the Lord many many times in the last few days Lord is there something else is there is there something else this morning, this message is from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Lord does speak to us many times, and the, and the Word of God is full of encouragement. All the promises of God are yes and amen. But let me tell you what else the Word of God does. The Word of God corrects and calls to our attention things that we need to notice. Matter of fact, as I was praying and meditating, the Lord reminded me that the early church fathers, that they absolutely used the Word of God. They used the Word of God as a weapon against the enemy. They used the Word of God to stop a culture of sin infiltrating the church. See, the early church fathers used the Word of God to correct and call to attention things that God's people needed to hear. It wasn't necessary all the time a word of encouragement, but it was a word of correction and attention because the early church fathers knew that there was something that the enemy would use, and I see it so real today. And if you have been aware of anything that's going on in our society today, I think you can see it. There was something that the early church fathers knew by the leading of the Holy Spirit, and it's tolerance. Open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, and when you get there, somewhere in the margin of your Bible, if you have your Bible, write the word tolerance. And out beside the word tolerance, listen to this. The definition of tolerance is you allow, you permit, or you do not forbid. Tolerance. Tolerance means that you allow, you permit, or you do not forbid. And the early church fathers knew that if they didn't stand up against tolerance, something terrible was gonna happen to the church. 
here in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, and remember the church is not a building. The church is the ecclesia, it's the people, the believers of God. Here in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, I want you to look at something. Verse 12 says, For the word of God is quick. It doesn't say the opinion of man. It doesn't say the political correctness of a society. It says the word of God. That the word of God is quick and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit. And of the joints and marrow. And please listen to this. The word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's word. God's word knows everything about us. Every thought and every intent of your heart and of my heart. You know why... You know why the Holy Spirit inspired the author of Hebrews to put that there? Because every decision, every action you have ever done in your life starts with a thought. This morning, as you got up and, and, and prepared to come and worship this morning, that all began with a thought. And the Holy Spirit knows through the Word of God every intent and purpose that's in our heart. But here's something amazing, if you will. Look at the next verse. Neither is there any creature that is not manifested in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. What does that mean, Pastor? That means that there's none of us can camouflage anything from God. Because God knows every intent and purpose of your heart. Every one of us sitting or standing in this room right now, and every one of you watching this service by live streaming this morning, there is nothing that you can camouflage from God. He knows every detail of our lives. Tolerance. Please listen in Holy Spirit, I pray that you would anoint me and help me right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Help me, Father. Help me. Silence gives consent. We as believers, when we become tolerant of sin and we remain silent, silence is consent. I remember this saying years ago when I was in college and I went back and I found the the, the, the man who spoke these words and his name is Edmund Burke 
Mr. Burke said these words. All that is necessary for evil to triumph is that good men do nothing. All that it takes for evil to triumph is for good men to sit and fold their hands and quietly do nothing. What we tolerate will sedate us. What we as believers tolerate, it will eventually get to the point in our lives that it sedates us. What are you talking about, Pastor? How many times is simply as sitting in our, in our home, our refuge, our place of safety, and we turn on the television and we're sitting there and we're watching a simple television program and all of a sudden someone takes the name of our almighty God and they damn it. And it no longer has any effect upon us. We just let it play. Isn't it amazing that we have become so tolerant, that we have become so sedated, that we forget that the Word of God says, if you spare the rod, you will spoil the child. We have become so sedated to the fact that if we're in the grocery store at Walmart, if we're any place in public and our children misbehave, we have become so sedated, we're afraid to discipline our children because if we discipline them in public, someone might turn us in. And we have become so sedated to that that we're raising a generation of spoiled brats. Yesterday, my oldest grandson was playing in a basketball tournament. And they called timeout. Well, when they called timeout, other kids went out on the basketball court and started shooting baskets. Two referees that are wonderful first-class gentlemen, one of the referees turned and blew his whistle and says, hey, guys, get off the court. Parents sitting there. A few of the kids, very politely, got off the court. Some more kids kept standing there playing. The referee turned around, blew his whistle again, and says, hey, guys, Please get off the court. Parents sitting there with their hands folded. A few kids left. Finally, the ref turned around and blew his whistle and says, Hey, come on, really? And he turned and he says, Parents, help me out. Kids, get off the court. And I sat there and I thought, We have become so tolerant that we're raising a generation of spoiled brats. Because see, when we sit in silence, silence is consent. And we've become so sedated to the culture of the world, we no longer follow the guidelines of the Word of God that says, if you correct your child, you're saving his soul.
we've become so sedated that it's wrong to correct our children in public, but we can murder babies right out of the womb. And we sit with our hands folded in silence. We sit in silence when we have officials in place of authority who stand inside legislation into law with smiles on their face saying it's okay to abort a baby right up until the day of delivery and then we even go farther and say even after the baby is delivered it's okay to go ahead and take the baby's life. And we as a church, we sit back and we've become so sedated that we fold our hands and we're quiet because you know what? We don't want to offend anyone. We have become labeled as Christians. We have the label of Christians, people who are born again. But let me tell you what we are. Years ago, growing up in a denominational church, there was a song that people used to sing, and it was called, We Are Christ's Ambassadors. But let me tell you what we've become. We are ambassadors of Christ with no power. We have become known as people of tolerance. And because we have become people of tolerance, we have been sedated to sin that is infiltrating our homes, our society, and worst of all, infiltrating our churches. I'm going to be real honest with you. This week has been a battle in my life spiritually because you know what? I want everybody to like me. I want people saying, oh, you want to go to our church. When you leave our church, our pastor's going to teach the word and you're going to feel so good but let me tell you what I would rather have happen when I stand before the Lord Jesus and he looks me in the face and he says Roy Evans you taught the uncompromised word of God and you did not tolerate sin among my people thank you for that but that is sincerely from my heart. I want you to like me. Those of you who are viewing today over the internet, I want you to love this church. I want you to like me, but I'm going to tell you something. I will not stand any longer and be quiet. I will not stand and fold my hand in silence in consent. It's time for the church, the ecclesia of the Lord Jesus, to stand up and say, to God be the glory. There's a pastor that I love dearly, and he's a good friend of mine. I highly respect this man. And this week I read an article about that, a, a statement that he made about what is going on in our society today. Did you know that in America... I didn't share this in the first service, but did you know in, in America there's been $2 billion, $2 billion spent on the gender generation? Did you know homosexuality 
has become so popular in America today that we have accepted it and tolerated it that we don't even recognize it anymore when it comes creeping into our homes and into our society. And $2 billion has been wasted on gender. I can tell you how to understand gender. Open the book. In the beginning, God created man and woman. Ended. This pastor that I highly respect, he said this, and I quote, the world sees our churches, our beautiful campuses, the buildings that we've built. The world sees and hears our songs and our programs that we put on with excellence. The world hears our teaching about grace and love. But the world stands back and says, where is the evidence that you serve an almighty God? Where is the evidence today that, that the ecclesia, the church, that Jesus declared the gates of hell will not prevail against you? Where is that church? If you're in the book of Hebrews, start turning to the left in your Bible and you'll come across a little book called Titus. Titus chapter 1, Titus is a young minister. And Paul is talking to Titus and he starts talking to him about the qualifications of men to serve as elders in the church. That's a whole nother message. But then Paul says to Titus, Titus, be aware because there's going to be false teachers that's going to rise up in the church. And they're going to teach messages of encouragement, not correction. Go down to verse 15, and I want to show you something, and this is the Word of God. Paul says to Titus, Upon, unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. Please listen to these words. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. Dear God in heaven, how can we set back as a church the Echelaosia and say, we will be quiet when the enemy tries to bring homosexuality and perversion into our, into our families, into our, our churches? And how in the world can we sit back with our hands folded and be quiet when we allow elected officials to kill babies right and left in our country? You know how that happens? 
their mind and their conscience is defiled. You know why? Because tolerance sedates us to the place that it no longer bothers us. Listen to the next verse. They profess that they know God. Isn't that sad? We have people that's walking around going, yeah, I know God. But listen what they do. But in their works, they deny him. We have a form of godliness, but we have no more power. I see this happening in the church. I see people wanting to have a godly appearance. But I see people be driven by the appetite of the world. I see the lust of the flesh. I see people driven by status. I see people with sexual de devices or vices in their lives. I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about people that say, I know God. I see people that are more con concerned about being politically correct than being righteous. I see people that gossip about everything, but very seldom do you hear them talk about the saving blood of Jesus Christ. Please hear what I'm about to say to you, and I say it once again, I'm asking the Holy Spirit, please let this come across with the compassion of heaven. But let me see, let me tell you what I see happening in church. And it's infiltrated the church and it's spread out into our culture. We no longer fear God. We no longer fear God. And let me tell you why we don't no longer fear God. Because, you know, see, we can't see God. See, this is what we're doing. The Bible says walk by faith and not by sight. But let me tell you what I see happening. I see us walking by sight and not by faith. Because, see, we don't see God but we forget that God says there's not a creature, there's not a person on this earth that can camouflage or hide anything from me. But I'll tell you something. Just because we cannot see God with our physical eyes does not mean that God is not present right here, right now. 
You know, there's a saying that I, I heard growing up. When the cat's away, the mouse will play. Well, you know what's happened in the church? The church has forgot just because we don't see God doesn't mean that God's still not on his throne. There's a story in the book of 1 Kings. It's 1 Kings chapter 18. And in this, you'll find out that there's a king of Israel and his name is Ahab. And Ahab has married an ungodly woman named Jezebel. And if you've ever heard anybody say, well, they have the spirit of Jezebel. This is why. Because this king was ungodly, and then he married this very ungodly woman, and her name was Jezebel. Now think about this. Here is two people sitting in position of authority. And guess what those people did? they started leading that whole group of people into idol worship. Remember, an idol is anything in your life that comes before God. So many times we think, well, I don't worship idols because, you know, uh, I don't have a statue in my house. You know what I'm seeing? If you really want to hear who people really serve, just get around and listen to what they talk about. If you're talking about your career, if you're talking about your hobby, it's amazing how all of a sudden we put things before God. But these ungodly leaders started leading people into idolatry. And with that came sexual perversion. And all of a sudden, sin started being tolerated. And you know what? No one, no one stood up and said, that's enough. But the Bible says there was one man, his name was Elijah. He was a prophet from God. And Elijah said, I'm not going to be quiet anymore. I'm not going to stand here and just teach you some feel-good sermon. So he goes and says, bring all the people here. Guess, guess who showed up? The media. Guess who else showed up? When he says, bring all the people here. See, we have become so quiet. We have become so tolerant. 
The media showed up that day. Guess who else showed up? Special interest groups. I heard something this week in my home state that you'll be fine now if you have a dog and you chain him in your backyard to keep him from getting run over, you'll receive a fine of $500. But yet, we hear government officials tolerating the murder of babies. We hear the church very quietly sitting and saying, oh, don't address the issue of homosexuality. It might offend someone. Don't address the issue of living together outside of marriage. Don't do that. It might offend someone. Well, you know what else God says in his book? It's time we go back to it. Peter writes, God says, be you holy. Be you holy because I'm holy. These people in authority started leading this group of people. And they came to the point that they started tolerating sin. And one man stood up. He's before the media. He's before the special interest groups. Oh, yeah, let me tell you who else were there. The lawmakers. I want to show you what he said to these people. It's amazing. Hebrews, I'm sorry, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long will you, between, will you be between two opinions? How long are you going to do it? He says, if the Lord be God, follow him. If God is God, follow him. And then he says, and if Baal, if, if, if he's your God, follow him. But here's something that's absolutely amazing to me. Look what happened next. And the people answered him, not a word. Because we have been so sedated. We have tolerated so much 
I've got to read something else to you. Second Timothy chapter 4. Paul is talking to another young minister. His name is Timothy. He says, Timothy, preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by, be at hand, and be ready. Whether the opportunity seems to be in your favor, favor or not, whether it is convenient or inconvenient, whether it is welcomed or unwelcomed. You as a preacher of the word are to show people in the way their lives are wrong. For the time is coming when people will not tolerate sound and wholesome instructions but will have, itching, have ears itching for something pleasing and gratifying. They will gather themselves, one teacher after another, to a considerable number. Isn't that amazing? Great numbers of people are going to come to hear this. one teacher after another to a considerable number chosen to satisfy their own liking and to foster the eras they hold. That's amplifying. Isn't it so easy how we tolerate? We tolerate what we watch on television. Oh, Pastor, you're just trying to be hard now and start pointing out sin in every corner. No, I'm trying to teach you the Word of God so that you and your family will be blessed. Don't raise your hands, but if we were to go out in your vehicle now and turn your vehicle on, I wonder what station your radio is on. Oh, Pastor, you, you're trying to get real hard. You know, I'm a love, lover of music. I am too. But are you listening to some of the words that some of the music you're listening to is infiltrating your life with? Are you listening to those words that said it's okay to have a sexual relationship outside of marriage? Are you listening how that let's just sit down right here and have us another beer and let's party? And yet we sit and we fold our hands and we tolerate it. And because we have tolerated it, we have come sedated to what the enemy is doing to us. 
Pastor, where are you going with this? You know how it's going to be corrected? It's going to be corrected with with people standing up and saying, we're going to go back to teaching the uncompromised word of God. And we're going to go back to saying, it all starts with me. See, it's real easy to point our finger at other people. But how about honestly standing before God in heaven and sincerely from the depths of your heart? God, create in me a clean heart. God, Restore in me a right spirit. Thank you for joining us. For more information about North Star Church, please visit us at northstarprior.com. If you would like to give tithes or offerings toward any of our special projects, simply text North Star Prior, all one word, to 77977. Thank you so much for listening.